0: Hey, mother...
1: Welcome
2: to the
3: party, pal! Hey, everybody. Welcome to Yippie ki yay Classic. We got a great one today. We're going to do a, a, a special film, and we got a special guest, but I'm going to throw it to Sean, who's going to introduce the uh, introduce the show. Go ahead, Sean.
4: Hi. Um, today we have a very special guest. The film is going to be Donnie Brosco, which was a true story about a... Um, Undercover agent with the uh, New York Mafia, and to give a special insight into this film, we have a um, former mob associate who wore wire for the wore wire against the mob, um, Mr. Kenji Gallo, and um, he's going to. I heard him on a previous podcast. He is a friend of mine. Hopefully, by the end, he'll be a friend of all of ours. But um,
2: I heard him on
4: a previous podcast discussing that that he felt Donnie Brasco was the most accurate film about life in the mob as he experienced it so I thought it'd be great to invite him here to um, discuss the film and also he he's like he's a filmmaker as well and he's has um, he has strong opinions about um, movies about the mob and what's real and what isn't and what people take away from him and so I'm looking forward to having a good time and can, should I give you a little bio right now?
3: Well, say hi, Kenji. Hello. Welcome.
4: Hello, Glad you could hello. make
3: it. Yeah. Why don't you give us a quick little bio on Kenji and then we'll dive into the trailer, talk about the film, but I have a feeling that we're going to want to meander off the film a little bit and get some other inside yeah, information. I, I
4: think this film if is that's a, okay. jumping off point okay. to discuss uh, mob films and how, you know, mob life and how it's revealed in mob films and, Accurately or inaccurate. Well, Kenji is from California. He's from um, Orange County, Irvine, California, and uh, he was a, a um, active youth. He was went to was sent to military school, which um, unfortunately gave him some discipline and weaponry and self discipline. And when he got out, his father wanted him to be more responsible and made him work at a restaurant. Unfortunately for Dad, the restaurant was the um one of the major centers of cocaine trafficking in orange county back in the early days of the um cocaine cowboys and at 15 i believe kenji was uh, was started in the cocaine business and um after a while he left you know i believe kenji you said it was because the um price of cocaine was dropping and the and the risk was rising you got into the film yeah. business into the um pornographic business and that that is often controlled by the mafia and um that's how you got to um meet people in the um the mafia and you started um working with um the los angeles uh, family where you um met a guy um jimmy kochi who was sort of the street boss who like lefty in this film took you under his wing and taught you the old school mafia way and after a while you decided to um where you, you were, had a meeting with the FBI and you decide to wear a wire and they didn't want you to go against your California associates. They wanted you to um, go to New York and you ended up going to New York and becoming involved with the, um, I believe it's the Colombo family and um, Teddy Persico, who was like a a skipper or uh, I believe. And um, you wore a wire against those guys for a number of years and you eventually became a witness and was involved in some trials that really broke that group up. Does is, is that pretty much uh, sum up your life in the mob? Uh, that
5: pretty much sums it up, yeah. <laughs> a
4: few things
5: and, did uh, there.
0: And, well, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> <laughs>
4: and we met because, um, because you saw one of my movies, The Encounter Paradise Lost, and you liked it, and you, sent, you found my email and sent me a fan letter. And right. since, then, since then, we've been um, hanging out at distance. At a distance. threat yeah all right well um let's show the trailer uh and then
3: uh we'll we'll dive
1: in when i introduce you i'm gonna say this is a friend of mine that means you're connected gang now if i said instead this is a friend of ours that would mean you were made gang i capiche when Lefty brought Donnie into his world... Who's this guy? This is Donnie, a friend of mine. He took a risk on a kid he hardly knew.
2: I'm gonna have to school you, my friend.
1: School me in what?
2: Why this guy never carries his money in a wallet, is he? Always in a role. Bina, outside. He gave him his trust.
1: You gotta get rid of that mustache. and Get yourself a pair of pants. Just like me. He loved him like a son. Nobody can touch you because I represent you. Keep your nose clean, follow the rules, be a good owner, and maybe one day when they open the books, you could come a wise guy. I'd die with you, darling. But he never knew the truth. There's a war going on in that mafia
5: family, and that is where Joe is undercover. Donnie, come here. I want to know where my husband is.
1: We don't know. You're going to freeze up? No. A lot of guys freeze up.
5: He said it was going to be three months. It's going on three years.
3: Who he's with and who he's close to, they're all the top dogs now. He's right in the line of fire.
2: There was a rat in that Donnie. You know what to do when you find that rat, right, left. Could be I found him already in our thing you get sent for you go in alive you come out dead
1: and it's your best friend that does it we have got
2: to pull him out you think
1: I'm a rat? how many times I have you into my own house? if you're a rat then I'm the biggest vermont in the history of the mafia if I come out lefty dies they're gonna kill him because he vouched for me because he stood up for me that's the same thing as if I put a bullet in this head myself do you understand? who am I? I'm a spoke on a wheel, and so are you. Hey, Don. Yeah. Let's take a walk.
2: I'm your best friend.
4: So um, let's let's start off with Kenji. Um, you hadn't had a chance to talk. Tell us what you liked. I like this film. You know, we're going to go this film is going to be a departure to mob films in general, but tell us what you really liked about this movie.
5: Well, I really liked Donnie Brasco one, because it was based on a true story and they stuck really close to the actual story. I was, when they first heard that Johnny Depp was going to play agent Pistone, AKA Donnie Brasco, I was kind of uh, skeptical thinking, yeah, there's no way he's going to be able to portray this and pull this off, but he actually did. And Al Pacino was an excellent lefty. I mean, I, was around those actual people, um, some of the same people that are in the movie, that are portrayed in the movie. And, you know, I lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. I, this, is, this is like more downtown Brooklyn towards where Dumbo is now. But uh, I knew those people from that crew. I went to their shape up. And uh, this, it really portrays the whole life, the whole grind, like when they're breaking open parking meters and everything. This is how it is. Like if there's nothing big going on, then you're taking small. And it's everyday grind. Like when he, when he gets the the bad ring, and then Johnny says it's a daisy. I mean, this is this is normal every day, and it just showed him how it, it was. And they weren't all wearing suits and everything. It was uh, that's very much how they dressed at that period of time, which is in the late seventies, early eighties. And with me, I was into the two thousands up to two thousand and five. And the rest of the Hollywood movies keep portraying these guys wearing suits and everything. Come on, man, who does that? I mean, back in the '70s, everybody wore suits. You wear a suit to get an airplane. You know, my dad went. Everyone wore one to go to work. Those, those days are long gone. So, why wouldn't we change? And uh, I could also, I also really like the whole thing with Johnny dad being undercover. Even though I was an FBI agent, I did spend eight years wearing a wire. And you get to to like some people and dislike other people, and you have so many rules and so many things you can and cannot do. And it's hard to like form relationships because you know that you're just going to betray these people. So I completely understood this, his character. And then I understand the lefty character hundred percent because there's a million guys that are just like it.
3: Yeah. You know, it's the, the, uh, the, the the flip flop in between when he's dealing with the FBI, who's telling him you got to shave your mustache and the, the mob lefty saying, you got to shave your mustache. You can't walk around looking like that. It's just such an interesting uh, mix of lives. Uh, and, and you mentioned the banging on the, uh, the parking meters. I mean, all yeah. the little scams and stuff that were going on, is that all, that's all realistic. How huh? you that's, you guys would try to figure out any way to to to, to make money for whoever you have to pay it to or pay it up to or whatever.
5: To make it for yourself. Everything is hands on. Nothing too small. I actually knew a guy who had keys to parking meters. And the only, wow. they would go, they would go and take so much out of everyone. But I mean, they made thousands and thousands upon thousands of dollars doing this, but you know, it all adds up. You just get one little scam and two little scams and you just do it. And you know, when you don't have anything big going, you just take what you can. It's and what it is. Like he says, we're like spokes in a wheel, but I used to tell everyone we're like little streams that flow into one mighty river. That's the way it is.
3: And everybody's constantly kicking up.
5: Um, you know, it's kind of like everybody, American taxpayer. Uh, We all try to pay as little as possible, but still pay enough so we don't get audited. Because in this case, case, an audit is, you know, not going to be good.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I, you know, not knowing anything, this movie definitely felt legit. Um, You know, obviously you read stuff after you see the film and, and you realize it is pretty legit, and and the, um, uh, Al Pacino's portrayal of Lefty was one of the most realistic things in the show, uh, according to everybody. But anyway,
5: yeah, yeah, I mean it, it's a, it's it's really legit, and then, and up until like I said, I was in there until two thousand and five, so it's been some time now, fifteen years. But that is accurate portrayal, and it's just the most realistic out of all of those
4: films. Now, now, Kanji you had a relationship similar to that between like Johnny Depp and Pacino with a, um, a mobster in Los Angeles, uh, Jimmy Cacci, who was like an old school guy. What was that like being, cause you were like a really, you were not a mafia guy. You had your own thing going and you were sort of brought in. So what was that like? You know, learning the rules with the guy? Cause in your book, and I should mention your book, Break Shot. Um, you know, everyone, everyone should definitely pick it up, but what was it like? entering that world and having like a a mentor like that
5: well just like the movie jimmy says, gotta shave you have to be clean shaven cut my hair gotta be neat and uh we used to have to wear a collared shirt and uh things like that if we went to a dinner or something we had to wear a jacket he was real particular about those kind of things you could never cuss in front of a woman and Jimmy was a captain or a street boss, a capo, in the family. And he was an old school guy from New York. He was born in Buffalo. Um, you know, he knew all the bosses. He knew the Buffalino and all the bosses of Buffalo, his arrows, and and uh, knew Russell Buffalino and uh, knew all the New York bosses, too, because he'd been locked up in Attica for eight years. So he was really, really well-known. And uh, he used to just give me, tell me all the rules and everything all the
4: time and then tell me about the life. Yeah, and you seem to have, a, you know, in your book, you don't have a lot of respect for the mafia people, but it seemed like you did actually have some respect for um, for him. Yeah,
5: I I, I really liked Jimmy. I respected him, and uh, he was different. He wasn't like the resident. He would never have anything to do with drugs or any of that kind of stuff. He's not like the younger guys with no respect. He respected the guy. He lived by the code. I mean, he spent most of his life in prison, in and out, and even before he died, when he was, uh, I mean, close close to his death, after I flipped, I talked to him on the phone, and he even told me, he said, uh, you know, th- this life wasn't always cracked up to me. And I, I believe that he had some regrets about it. He told me a couple times in, in, when I was involved in it, that it's not what you think. So, yeah, now, he, was, he was different.
0: One question I have to you is, in the film Donnie Brasco, it seems like there was two two things going on the, the, the mafia guys, they're high into the Catholic church and their faith. And then, you know, the other side of that, where they're living this, you know, murderous kind of dog eat dog world, which you, you attest to in your book, but you, you come to the point, did you almost feel like you were a Judas when you have to turn these guys in? Who are your friends sort of fake friends or whatever, you know, this, the thing, where you're ratting on them and for the FBI. So did you feel guilty in any way that you, what you were doing like torn between, you know, two friendships or.
5: Yes, I did a lot. And uh, a lot of people I did, I purposely, I didn't even want to go around, you know, that they, the FBI didn't mention them. I definitely didn't seek them out. And uh, some guys I really, really liked. I mean, like, Honestly, I liked Teddy Persico. He, he was a, out of all those guys, he was a, a personable guy, Teddy Persico Jr. He was better than most. And there's a couple other guys I liked in New York and some other guys I liked in, in, uh, in New England and Providence. And I felt bad. And I, I used to go over there, a lot of their houses. I used to go there on su- uh, Sunday, Sunday sauce and go hang out. I went to their weddings. I went to, uh, christenings. I went to birthday parties. And just to know that you're going to be trained that's part of like what goes on. That's what it takes a long time afterwards to decompress from all that. And it's like, it's really hard. And you start to think like, am I really doing the right thing? But then you see, you know, just when I thought like, I'm not doing it. And you see some of the really bad, bad stuff that some of these guys do. And then you think, okay, now I'm on the right track. But it's really, it got, it got to be really hard. And that's why eventually I couldn't do it anymore. I just, I just couldn't do it. It's too long.
0: Now, in the movie, Don, um, Donnie Brasco was like the end when the light comes shining in, you know, and and they referenced the movie um, uh, Shawshank Redemption. We just had a podcast on that one last week and it referenced, you know, the one part when he comes out of the prison, he's got his hands up like this. You know, uh, Wojo, the one that we were commenting, the one scene where he's holding his hands up like this and the light, the uh, lightning strikes and then at, at the point where Donnie Brasco, you know, he's about ready to get killed or something from Al uh, Pacino, well, his character, and the FBI shows up with the big lights. Did you have a moment of that sort when you were just about at the end of your um, well, time?
5: I, I had a moment, but it wasn't exactly like that, and it wasn't what I thought at the time, I'll tell you. So we... Teddy Persco had just been out of prison for a couple of weeks and he had a beef with a, with two guys. And the beef went back to like when they had this Colombo civil war. And so he was using me as an excuse. And so we went to his mom's house and he got his brothers and then we got guns and we were going to to this hit on um, fourth Avenue in the middle of Brooklyn in the daytime. And we were try we got into cars and his brothers didn't have gloves. So they're wearing socks and they got in two different cars and we're headed down there. And he's like, why are you being so quiet? Well, I was being so quiet because everything was being recorded. Also, I'm trying to think in my mind, how am I going to get out of this? Because one of the the most important things of the FBI is I can never commit any violence or be involved in any violence. And so I'm like, I can't get away from them. They're watching me. I can't call anybody. You know, uh, I can't text. There's nothing I can do. And we're just in this car. I'm heading to a situation that there could possibly be gunshots. I don't have a gun. And they're notoriously bad shots. Like people got get wounded, even in the Donnie Brasco. Just to cut for a second thing, when they kill uh, the the three captains in the house, a guy got shot during that in real life, and he's paralyzed. Mm. So oh. they're, they're, this this is like they're notoriously bad, like that. So I'm, I'm I'm in I'm in this truck with Teddy and Eddie, and I'm headed to Brooklyn to this part, and I'm being real quiet. When we come over this little hill, I see. Uh, a fire engine, a huge hook and ladder, a paramedic, an ambulance, and an NYPD car at a restaurant right next door, right in front of the restaurant, where we were going. And I thought in my mind, "Wow, the FBI really is listening to me." Like they found out.
2: <laughs>
5: and, and so they're they're rolling out a guy who had a heart attack in the restaurant, and he's like, "It's, it's off, it's off, it's off. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go talk to the people, you know." Later on, and Sean knows about this. Like I told him, it's like, uh, you know, it wasn't the FBI. It was. It was nobody. It was, it was. It would seem to be a coincidence, but to me, it was like God's intervention to me, and it was a turning point in my life. And when you look back at things, this was one of them for me.
4: Yeah. yeah. So, so was this? This was a test for you in a sense too. With was it with the Persico's? Yeah. It, yeah. And then Donnie Brasco which I never noticed. I've seen this film a number of times, but what I didn't get until I watched it this time is that Al Pacino was backwards. He had the gun. His gun was on the Johnny Depp character. Johnny Correct. Depp had to kill this guy or he was going to be killed. Is that the interpretation Correct. everyone has of that scene? Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah. I would say that he was definitely pointed at him. He was going to do it. Uh, just like with me, they asked me because I was friends with the guy and they said, you had a problem with us going after Craig? And I said, no. And I sat there in the car and went with him, even though I had been out to movies with this guy, eating with this guy, the guy had been to my house. I was on in the car with him to go get him.
4: Mm.
3: Well, that's a Donnie brass. That's a whole right. one second. They're your friend. Next second, he's shooting you in the back of the head. That's, yeah, that's right. you know, and that's sort of, uh, that last scene you're talking about where they're about to pop the guy in the boat. Uh, that's sort of what you were saying on the show that we just watched, the flip show that you were heading out same, same idea. Maybe it's what you were just talking about with the fire engine, but that, that could have been the last one for you too. You know, you know, Uh, when you guys, this is a silly question, maybe, do you guys talk about mob movies when you're in the mob? Are there movies that you kind of, Hey, I'm like, you know, Godfather characters or maybe the Sopranos was out back then. The Sopranos came out in 1999. So that's right in your, you know, when you were doing the stuff in 2005,
5: right? Yeah, they they talk about them. They talked about them all the time. They talked about other books. Um, the Sopranos. Uh, we knew guys that were in that. I knew more than uh, there's a lot of characters from the street in those. But um, yeah, we talked about them. So
4: did they people generally like the mob movies and the mob?
5: Some some did it. I mean, a lot of these people are still alive that they portray in all these. Except for the you know Mario Puzo's was it was like you know more of a fiction, but uh, you know. They, they would talk about them. Some they liked, some they didn't. They just like, you know, action movies, too. It's the same thing. Yeah.
4: Did they like the movie Goodfellas? Would you say people talked about that movie?
5: Yeah, yeah. They, Goodfellas, they liked. I mean, good, Goodfellas was a good portrayal of, you know, the early, you know, late 50s, early 60s, and 70s movies. Yeah.
1: And gee, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you, because you said you, you wore a wire for eight years. I didn't realize it was that long. And in this yeah. movie, Depp... The whole time he's worried about getting caught, right? And that's on his mind yeah. all the time because the mob is looking out for rats. You did this for eight years. And based on the interviews I saw, uh, forgetting about the, the dual loyalty for a second, but the fact that you kind of embraced what you were doing and even wanted to expand what you were doing to help out the FBI – so I didn't get the impression that you were worried every second that you were going to get caught. You felt like you weren't going to get caught and you could do even more. Am I misreading that? No, I, I think there's like no chance. When, when,
5: uh, when Donnie Brasco or uh, J- Agent Pistone was under, they were using Niagara recorders, which if you did film, you know, Niagara is a big, big right. recorder reel to reel. And they were using those, and they were even smaller. Then later on, they went to the bicycle side, which only lasts even on slow plays like one hundred twenty so sixteen minutes on one side. You had to flip it, and that one when, when they would actually have a wire. I never had a wire. I had a uh, MP three player, actually like a little small, and that one, one that was in my watch, and it had a it had a very small, uh, tiny button that you did unless you knew where it was. You had to use a paper clip and you press it, and all you do is feel it click. And there is no options Once it's on, it runs for nine hours, thirteen hours for the belt buckle. Wow. And it's the same thing. All I, I had to go through like a lot of stuff. So I couldn't have change in my pocket. I couldn't move my hands around a lot of it. My watch was on I put on top of the table and let it sit there. And uh you know, it, when when they outlocked smoking inside restaurants, they made it easy because we'd go outside, they'd smoke and talk, and then I could just sit there and it'd be read right at voice level. And uh I never ever even Worried, like even recording phone calls. It was a special system that was on my phone. I, I can't go into detail, but I would hit some buttons and it would record all the calls.
1: Oh wow! So yeah. you you felt pretty confident that you weren't going to get caught. I mean, where in this movie Most, you yeah. felt like you know uh he's every minute he's worrying about it.
5: Yeah, that's I mean, that's the, really it, interesting. Yeah, the, in the movie when he like goes into the Japanese and he has that thing in his boot. Yeah. That was a Niagara recorder, which was. I mean, huge. Yeah, that's With not a wire. wire
3: right? That's just a tape recorder. That it, yeah, just soup, a tape right? recorder. Yeah. 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 yeah, but he had to
4: wire up his... Um, didn't he? Yeah, he had wire up his cross all the yeah. way like,
0: oh. So, Kenji, um, you said that Donnie Brasco is is the most realistic movie, the one that kind of follows what would happen in the mob or the mafia. So what are some of the other things that other movies made about the mafia or the mob do that's just Hollywood stuff that's like not I mean you mentioned the fact that in this one people wear suits and then they they um make people wear suits in in more modern ones and that's that's not as much done anymore so what other kind of things is just Hollywood stuff
5: well if you notice even in Donnie Brasco they never really wore suits they wore uh you know like a nice jacket or something and that's it right. But also, if you notice, they also didn't carry guns. Didn't see any machine guns or anything. Unless they were going to do work, which is like go rob something, go go uh, kill somebody. There's no, there, especially in New York, because they used to have the Sullivan Laws where they would get people for ten years, and the feds would hit you for ten years for a felon with a gun. Um, they don't carry it, and, and it's it, in fact, it's, if you bring one into a social club, it's uh, it's a no-no. So they would never carry guns, and you don't bring it to the table, and it's uh, not like that. And you don't just flash one around. And the other thing is uh, you hear you—you you always see guys like getting slapped by the boss and the boss yelling at somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're dealing with a whole bunch of outlaws, criminals, all of them, all of them capable, capable of meaning they can kill you. And uh, you're not going to slap one and it's, it's not going to go. You can get away with it right then, but that's the guy that's going to shoot you in the back. Or he's going to be the first guy believe me you're gonna you're gonna you when you when you deal with these people you have to give somebody an out like uh the the chinese and the japanese they always say like in their criminal you have to let them save face you have to give them an out you can never ever directly challenge somebody or else you will end up dead so that these that's where a lot of these other things go when the boss is like yelling at me like who's going to respect someone like that what kind of leader does that this is mostly it's more like a military like uh you know, you 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 have a military rank. You have the you have underneath the associates. You have all these people in the crew. Then you have uh, the main guy who has a crew, and then each one of each one of the main guys have crews who, who answer to a captain who there in their his crew, which is usually a, a group of ten. So it goes all the way up like this.
4: Now that was a big moment in Donny Brosco when um, he um, when uh, Sonny Black um, Mike. Uh, Mike Madison slaps, um, slaps his associate, punches him in the face, and like the entire room grows silent. Right, you know, like that just was like he had crossed the line. You know, he had. You know, it's like wow, something just happened here. You know. And if you notice, they killed that guy later on. <coughs> yeah. mm-hmm.
3: That's Bruno. Bruno Kirby. He he yeah, was yeah, Bruno he, Kirby. He did and talk they, they a lot.
5: <laughs> they, they, they killed him. He already had it in his mind. That was pretty much when his fate was sealed, probably,
4: in real life. You know, in, that. So in real life, just because he had slapped him, it meant he would have to kill him eventually. Eventually, that,
5: that you're pretty much on your last. Like it's The one number one rule in the mob is you can't lift your hands to a, a made guy. and uh, Two made guys, you're not supposed to talk with your hands. Like Italians like to talk with their hands. If you're talking to people, you're not supposed to be like this because they might take it as an offense. So you try to like be real, real subtle and, and polite, you know.
1: I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about there. They, okay. there <laughs> yeah. Yeah they,
5: yeah. they don't, they don't like that. Like they don't want you to do that. I never outside. heard that before.
3: Well, one of my favorite scenes in that film is when the two sound techs were asking him about the world. forget about it. And, and Johnny Depp describes how that word's used four different ways, right? Like, Hey, forget ten, about it. Raquel Welch. She's the best. Forget about it. The Cadillac is better, whatever. And that's sort of a, that
1: was a fascinating uh, look inside there. Well, and the script was based on the actual transcripts from the recordings that they made, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of that came right from Pistone and his group there. So yeah. That was, I thought that was really interesting. I also think back to the movie. I think uh, this was Johnny Depp, one of his best performances in any yeah. movie. And I Al it Pacino is always good, but it, there was something about him, like the kind of sad sack mob guy he played, a low level guy. The way he played it was just brilliant. Now well, you know you got of, in your
3: head that that's uh, Michael Carleone, right? You can't uh, take no, that. I
1: didn't. No, I just saying
3: that's how good he is, right? Because that is such an iconic role. Yeah, that to him, a, a, and he 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 embraced the lefty. That was lefty. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I don't in know. In actuality, real lefty like, but, did not get killed. No, he died.
1: No, it's Sunny Black got killed. Yeah, and Sonny Lefty Black died and Lefty after, did, yeah. did not. In the movie, they implied that Lefty did get killed. Correct. Drew, that, but that he Sonny,
5: Sonny Black is the one that gave his car to his girlfriend and right. put his jewelry away and everything else. Yeah. Oh, wow. They found him later with his, with his hands cut off.
1: That's right. Uh. A little creative oh, life. Ye.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Drew, jump in here. Well, we're we're talking about what's real versus what you see in the movies, which I think is you know I mean there, there's so many movies about uh, the world of of crime and organized crime and all that kind of stuff. But I'm more interested in asking you, you know, you watch porn and then you marry a porn star. <laughs> what is what what is it like crossing that line? Is that You're is that me. disappointing? Is that upsetting? You're talking because, about a man's I, wife. Well, hold on. I met Tabitha Stevens um, in yeah, New York, so and disappointment like wasn't. She seemed like a very nice person and everything, oh, but I, I, was I understand that's, I know, I know some people who have been peripherally involved in the business and it doesn't seem like a great place for, for relationships. So it sounds like you got into porn young and you had some success with it. So, it, you know, it, it's like you, you have professional lines that you would cross and wouldn't cross in in the mafia. Do you think that that was a line that you crossed in that industry or how did that, how did that work out? No,
5: it it didn't work out good. I'm I'm still friends with her, you know. But um, it was just at that time period where my mind was thinking, I figured that I would be dead or in prison for the rest of my life at age 30 Uh, anyway. So what was the difference? Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I I, I had really no hope back then in life. I actually lived Mm -hmm. every day to the fullest, you know, hedonistically, basically.
4: That would do it. That would do it. Angie, I want to tell a story from your book that I think is kind of illuminating. illuminating to this point is how you had this, um, high school sweetheart who was like a really straight girl. And sure. obviously you took a, um, you took a different route and you knew you couldn't mm-hmm. stay with her. And you were talking about after you were married to, um, Tabitha Stevens, you were, at, you went to a movie and your old high school girlfriend was there. And you said it was like, a really like emotional moment for you because she she looked at you and it wasn't like she was impressed that you were like married to a porn star and you were the person you were, and how that was sort of like a real like eye opener for you at that time. Yeah,
5: we went to go see that movie with John Favara there, the the dancing movie with Vince Vaughn. Uh, I can't remember it now. Anyway, they were in L.A., but yeah, we walked out well we were in the theater. I actually saw her. I thought. And then later on, they they came down the stairs at the same time, and she just looked at me like in disgust, <laughs> and it just yeah, you know, made my legs weak, and that was the end of that.
1: Did you even talk? Did you? I mean, did she? she did you acknowledge she said, each other?
5: She, yeah, she said hello, and just, that's it.
1: Wow, that's
3: swingers was the movie swingers. I just yeah,
5: swingers, swingers. Yeah, that was it. Go.
1: Oh, your money, baby, your money, your money, your money.
5: Um, okay, so. Uh,
3: the thing about the flipping, okay? Because yeah. the, the the aren't you drilled in your head that you don't flip on your friends? And is it is it literally you're just trying to stay out of jail? You don't want to go to jail for the rest of your life because aren't you told from the minute you're in that situation that you can't flip on your friends? And you know how does that because you know Henry well, Hill, they had you on Rico, didn't they?
5: No, so you're you're it's drilled in your head from when you're real young in this business. All the time. And I had taken it so many times, every time, and I had to go and start over every single time. Cause it's not like in, in, in the movies where they portray what everyone takes care of you when you're gone. You're gone out of sight, out of mind. That's it. Money stream dries up everything. And what happened is I had been, it's called, we call it the life or the grind. And, uh, I had been doing this and I had reached. The end where I just didn't believe I, I used to be a, a true believer in this. I really thought that this is like what I want to do and what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I used to think in my head at the end of this, it was, it's got way too long. I'm getting older. I don't want to do this anymore. How am I going to get out? And I kept thinking of a way like, you, you know, there's always those movies about the guy's going to get one last score. It never happens in real life because it's too easy to go back to the well to get the stuff. And it, and life is hard. So I kept thinking of like, how, how am I going to do something? And again, this is another instance. Like when I talked to Sean, it's God's strings that are pulling. So I kept thinking about this and what, what I was traveling and I happened to be uh, in New England. I was in Providence and I got a call from somebody. And they told me that FBI agents had just come to their house and left a card for me. And I thought, after why would they come to your house? instead of going to my business or they know how to get hold of me my lawyer. And then, so I go, give me the name. And I never heard of the guy. So I called the main office in Los Angeles and I asked for him just to make sure he's a real guy. And they put me through to him and he said, Hey, we just want to talk to you. And uh, where are you? And I'd like, I'm out of town. And I was going to, I was going from Providence to Canada. And I was going to be back. So I'll be back in three weeks. And uh, I said, I'll be back in three weeks. if you want to talk? And he said, sure and uh but make sure you get a hold of me so three weeks came and I called them and they told me to meet at this deli uh the Kaplan's in Orange County Costa Mesa and I uh figured that I was getting locked up again you know because I just don't understand like why else they won't want to talk to me so I did much like Lefty did I left all my money except for $20 Left no war no watch brought no phone um wore two pairs of two pairs of socks, a pair of sweats, a hoodie, and it's like real, real warm stuff. And I got to the deli and um, I, these two agents were waiting outside. They asked me if I had any weapons on me. They searched me and then they said, don't get freaked out when you go in. There's a lot of agents in there, so you're not getting arrested. And I said, okay. So I went to the inside there with them. So the two guys were behind me and we walked into this private dining room thing. And there was eight other agents in there and I went, and they were like, dude, relax, relax, you're not getting get arrested. And they sat down and they told me, or they sat me down and they said, Look, you know, we watch you. I had a little case against me right then, not not really a big deal. Just another one that would have just been nothing. And they said, We want you to cooperate. And I said, No, not, not interested. And they're like, Well, hear us out. And then they said I said, I don't want to rat on my friends. They said, We don't even care about your friends in LA. And I said, well, I'm not really interested in this. And they're like, look, you're a smart guy, man. We watch you. You could have done a lot of stuff. And
1: uh,
5: I go, well, what do I get at this? And they're like, the only thing that we can promise you out of this is a fresh start. And right there, that clicked with me because that's what I wanted. And I said, a fresh start. And they said, yeah, it'd be just like you had life over again. And I go, well, how long would I have to do this? And they said, six months to a year top." (laughs)
1: Oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah. And wow. so I
5: said, I said, I'm in right there, right there. No, they're wow. like, you don't want to think about it. And I go, Nope. Because my mind, that is what I wanted. This is what I hoped for before. And I said, okay. And it, like I said, it lasted eight years. Um, the, I have to tell you, they kept all their promises. And I know that after I getting a bad rap lately, that might be the upper management, but they did everything for me, that they said they were going to do, they went above and beyond. <clears throat> they kept me safe and uh, they really helped me out. And they changed my life. So, and all the guys that helped me were really professional and really good at what they did. And uh, I owe them everything for the change in my life,
1: to be honest. But, like, but why? I mean, if they said six months to a year right. and it ended up eight years, was that because you were giving them so much good information yeah. and yeah, you we, had no problem it, with, with doing it for this long? Well,
5: See, because then it gets into the whole Johnny Depp thing is I was still scared. I had never done anything else but this. So I'm still a criminal, a criminal. I'm right. um, an informative plain criminal pretending to be a criminal, but I'm not. Right. And so I'm still in that world. And I kept thinking, what am I going to do when I'm done with this? Right. And I kept worrying about it. But then I kept, it got to be such a grind that I couldn't take it after that. Eight years is just too much. <laughs> and uh, I, I was thinking about, about you know, what am I going to do after this? I've never done anything. And uh, this is my whole life. You know, where am I going to go? Who am I going to know? And uh, so I just kept doing it. And, and what people don't know is, is before this was even over, I pled out on that case that I had over me before it was even over because I didn't want to go. I had to keep going to court and like, you know, prolonging it. And I just wanted to get it over with. So I'm just like, just, I'm plead guilty. I pled it out. Like my lawyer was my lawyer and everything else. So before
1: it even does. So, so when it sounds was done, like, it sounds like, when, when, um, sorry, sorry, Andrew,
2: no, you go. It's, it sounds like, you know, the the idea that you wanted a fresh start, um, that that was what was really appealing to you. And it sounds like, um. and I, I get this cause I love it also. It sounds like mixed martial arts really was a big part of building a new, a new Kenji basically, and, and a new life and a more positive life. And you also sound like a guy that when you did something, you went in, and you and you did it as hard as you could. So I, I'm not surprised to learn that you were, you know, at a gym sparring with real fighters and all that kind of stuff. Can you talk a little bit about how that helped you? Because I, I, I can't help but see that, you know, like you said, you, you got the new start and you're asking yourself, now what? And how right. did MMA help you with that?
5: Well, what I did is right when I got out, I still had in my head that I wanted to make as much money as I could. Not really worried about how how I did, except for except for legally. So I had a mortgage company, but in between that, I I was doing mixed martial arts, MMA, which wasn't even a real sport at this point. I was just doing Brazilian jiu jitsu, and uh,
2: that's the best one. So that's a good choice. Yeah.
5: So I started to meet like a lot of the fighters, and then I would just and and I started to go to the gym all the time. And then one of the owners of it asked me if I would come open it up and teach some classes in the morning. And I said, sure. I'm like, you know, whatever. And I started doing that. And then I just got more and more into that. And, you know, I was in the mortgage business. And then I was a, I was a um, commodities uh, broker and trader. And uh, as the com- economy was collapsing, it gave me time, though, to, to work on the martial arts. And as I started doing that, people more and more people started to me to train them and train with them. And so I, I, I walked into a, a gym. I was in the gym with UFC fighters, like real guy, you know, Mark, owned by Mark Munoz, Reign. And I worked with him And I, from the minute they opened, and I worked with real fighters, and then I started training regular people, everybody. And then uh, I, I quit my other job, and I just started training people. And it really changed my, my life, because you have to work at something. You have to do something, and there's no faking it. Like, if you're going to say, you're, like, I, I'm Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. You have wow. to work at it. Yes, you and you help. have to it takes it takes a lot of time. I did three days, two days, forever. And it takes it takes a lot of work and you have a lot of failures, but you learn to just keep it overcoming. And that's what changed everything. And then again, I'm in this gym with Mark Munoz, who's a big, big Christian, who just shaped it. He used to before all our practices, everything, he would pray or pray afterwards. And I used to think, ah. Oh, and then it just, it just slowly, as you get more involved in life, you just start to change. And it just helped me. It gave me an outlet and something to do. And then where it wasn't all about money and doing stuff, it just started doing, it just kind of happened organically where people just started asking me, hey, can you train me? And then they just gave me money.
4: And that got your aggression too, right? Because you said you were yeah. always an aggressive person and mixed martial
5: yeah. arts was a good outlet for it. Yeah, that that killed it all. After that, after which, once you started doing jujitsu and do everything every day, that's the end of that. It just that's ends. True.
1: I don't I don't mean to backtrack, but I want to backtrack. Um, okay. <laughs> after the eight years, so now it comes out, and and uh, there were arrests made, whatever based on the information you gave them. At that point, when it came out that you were the one did you have to go into a uh, witness relocation did you have to hide for a while um, well, what's the time yeah. frame after that so i relocated long before that so
5: i in the book i ended it with the the ro- uh, the ride with Teddy Persico when we're going to do that but in real life it went on and then we it, i got into a fight with uh one of the older guys uh he, he accused me of a bunch of stuff, and he brought me to a diner, and he, he, he started yelling at me and like, <laughs> accusing me of stuff. It was just him and I, and then he said that it, I had a smirk on my face, because I was thinking, he's like accusing me of saying something, and I was thinking in my mind, I recorded it. No, I could actually play it back for you. And he's like, if you don't wipe that smirk, if you don't wipe that smirk off your face, I'm going to punch you in the face. And I said, if you punch me in the face, I'm going to knock you off the and then he's like, you would do that. You'd raise your hand to me. And then I just got up and I started to walk out. He tried to pull me into his car and I I didn't go with him. And uh I got in my car and then they took me out and I, I disappeared. I went to Toronto, Canada, and I was gone. And they started to figure out then that I was an informant, but they couldn't prove it. So they were calling around looking for me, but I was like long gone. I was gone wow. out of that. And it was like over a year. I was in in uh, in protection for over eighteen months. After that, but before they even did anything, it was over a year.
3: And then, how do you get into mortgage banking
1: and (laughs) yeah, and (laughs) commodities trading? What's your background? I mean, (laughs)
3: do do they send you to schools? The FBI sending you to school? How does that work? No,
5: they would have. But I just thought about it. I kept reading about stuff I might want to try, and so I got out and I met somebody that was in that, and then I got my opened up my own place. I got licensed uh, as a as a uh, California lender's license so I can do mortgage. And then I saw the writing on the wall that that was kind of real, real is going to implode. I just knew it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I sold out. And then at the gym that where I was working, the, the owner was, the half owner of the gym was owner of a, a huge commodities place. And he saw that I wasn't doing anything. He asked me, hey, you're a good salesman. Do you want to do this? And I gave it a try and I did it and it was easy. So I did that, and you I did know, that did, until my book came out. You're such wow. a
3: hard, you're such a hard working, Everything you do, you dive in with both feet, whether it's criminal activity, <laughs> legit activity, or what. <laughs> did you ever wonder, you know, if I just, you know, that path in the road, if I just went straight? I mean, is it? Fru- I mean, what do you? Is it frustrating? Do you think I could have? I don't know. I I hate to no, be.
5: I, no, I always think about that, but I, I don't care. I'm, obviously, I can't live in the past. Yeah. I think about like the what if, what if, what if, but we all have that in our life. Sure. If I did that, I wouldn't be the same person I am today.
4: Exactly. Who knows where I'd be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're an inspiration to a lot of people, you know, and, you know, so I think um, you seem to be very happy where you are with your life. And, you know, I think all of us look at these opportunities we have, we may have turned down and it's like, um, I could have gone to California, you know you know, to pursue the screenwriting, but then I would have never met my wife. You know, so it's like And
0: we'd have to we'd have to give up the place that we live, you know. And and sometimes the value people have on what's valuable is not so valuable. You know? And you could just really live like a rich man. And you know, Kenji, looking at you and your peaceful way about you, you are a very wealthy, rich spirited Guy, you know, and who knows what great things are going to be coming in the future for you? You know, but I
1: want to be—I want to be clear, Kenji. Uh, uh, cocaine at thirteen is not inspirational. I'm just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling
3: yeah. you now.
2: A lot of what you've done is inspirational. Yeah. No, but you know,
3: of you sort of—it's interesting though. You're—you're—you're you're, you're lying because <laughs> you're talking about the cocaine in the—I don't know—thirteen. Was, was it in the eighties? Yeah. And the Johnny Depp. The other Johnny Depp film is Blow. Right. About all the cocaine that was brought in through Miami and then to California. He went. I I forget the the guy he's playing. George Young. Young.
5: Yeah. George Young.
3: Yeah. Uh, Is that the same time frame of you in L.A.?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Same time frame.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So you're crossing all these uh, Hollywood films that are, you know, directly related to your life. It's pretty amazing. Sean, you got to write a script about that.
2: That was my question. Is there a is there a break shot? Is there a break shot movie in the future? I mean, your book came out, in, um, it, I think, 2016. It is, so,
5: yeah, it is, no, it's 2010. It has oh, been okay. so. It's been it's been sold and optioned a number of times. Right now, it's optioned to uh, the people who did um, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, okay. oh really? Oh. Yeah. So, nice. We'll see where that goes.
4: Wow. And yeah. isn't one of the reasons that it hasn't been made so far is because of your ethnicity? They keep wanting to make you not much yeah. more. But now, yeah, because I'm agents. But now, times have changed.
1: So, yes. yeah, we're going to yeah. see. Now it's perfect timing. Right. Yeah. Now okay, how time realistic time. is the film Johnny Dangerously? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask Dick Tracy. I mean, I keep thinking about that that movie with Michael Keaton. You know, with the not, DA. Not, what's not, what's
3: not, the what's the swear not, word he uses in that one all the time?
1: Ice hole. Uh, you fought again bastard. You fucking ice bastage. hole. Yeah. You, you know, ice, ice <laughs> yeah. uh, so. Well,
2: wow,
1: that's just so you fascinating. Fat. Listening yeah. to you, it really is. So, what are your top?
4: You know, just I got, I just want to keep we have to remember that we are a movie podcast. What are your fe- five favorite gangster movies? Five, wow, oh,
5: five. Well,
4: How about the top hundred. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's,
5: let's see. Obviously, I like uh, this. This one, obviously, Johnny <laughs> Brasco is number one. Number two, one of my favorite shows is Thief with James Conn.
1: Oh, Thief. Oh, great movie.
5: I mean, just a great portrayal. Real nineteen seventy four. Yep, it's a it's it's a great a great movie. Also, if, if you really look at another good one, it would be James Condon, the gambler, the real one. I mean, excellent. And then, you know, I have to say Godfather because I and I would say part two, part one, and part two, not three.
4: Yeah. And then, uh,
5: <laughs> and then the last one would be um, man. It would be. I can't. I don't even. Not good. Goodfellas not in that group. Oh yeah, Goodfellas would be in that group too. Yeah. yeah. I like that much better than casino. If they would have used a different cast at casino, I think casino would have been better.
2: Yeah. So what you're better saying movies. is the the Fratellis and in the Goonies not a realistic. <laughs> <The Fratelli>. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but
5: I do, but I do love the Goonies. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> trouble,
1: <laughs> trouble. Well, that's yeah. another thing I yeah, wanted to ask no you. Chance. Forget about forget <laughs> about mob movies. What's uh, what's your top three movies of all time? Doesn't have to be mob movies. What movies do you like? Oh No problem. I love
5: Like, like, uh, three days days of the condor. Uh, Oh, wow, you and Ralph are gonna
1: get along fine. Yeah, (laughs) I I really,
5: really like that. I thought Robert Robert Redford, and then like Robert Redford in either Butch and Sundance or Jeremiah Johnson, too. Oh, he plays the Trapper.
3: Yeah, he was supposed to be in the godfather, Robert Redford.
5: Yeah, I know
1: he was. He He was was supposed to be Michael Carleone. Oh, he's supposed to be Michael. Yeah, Yeah. wow, wow. I don't
5: see that, and um, I don't see that either. um you know, other ones like I like Starbase. I thought it was a pretty good, you know, back back in the day film. Sure. And um, other than that, I just uh, like I I I watch movies now, like Downton Abbey. Like those are the kind of things I, I like. <laughs> Downton
0: Abbey. I like. It's a yeah. wonderful show, John. Wow. Sure. very I, I got to
1: be honest. I, that's not one that I was expecting.
3: Uh, we ask every guest this I question. I was hoping for like Shrek or
4: anything
0: you know, like that.
3: Uh, we ask every guest the same question. Uh, how do you feel about the counselor?
0: Oh, no. No, no. we do not ask every guest no. that question.
3: I try to, but Have you seen I count- told you, Kenji, we go off the rails every now and again. Yeah. So yeah. That's don't one bother. Of them.
1: Yeah. Don't bother with that one. <laughs> yeah. How about
4: Slapshot? Have you, you like slap Oh, slap
0: God. Seriously.
4: Yeah. Yes. I did like
1: that. I did like that one. Who doesn't? <laughs>
0: that so horrible.
4: If you got a
1: pulse. You'd like that movie. <laughs> yeah, what? That's awesome. Nothing.
0: Oh yeah, I'll watch it when I watch this. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> Still on a
3: pulse, John. Sorry. <laughs> so I mean, ultimately, what we're saying is Donnie Brasco is a pretty accurate portrayal of what goes on, and um, and and I, I'm fascinated by your, like I said, your line of all these kind of arcs you hit based on hollywood films and and the years that you were going through your thing is is pretty interesting and and all the connections between the actors and what was going on and all it's pretty it's
0: pretty fun so
3: yeah it's been great
0: do they really say you're going to be sleeping with the fishes
5: um not like that but they say like hey you're going to be uh you'll be out there make you disappear we'll disappear you we're gonna plant you (laughs) um
3: yeah those kind of things yeah how about, uh, I don't know, it just fell a off question. a truck. How about that one?
5: That, 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 one, that one's a real one.
0: Angie, <laughs> 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 I got a question for you. So, in the old days, uh, you know, gangsters, they used to kiss the boss, you know, on the cheek. Did that still go on in your time with the mafia?
5: Early, but later on, they, they didn't want you to do that, especially outside because, like, John Gotti and those guys had that was all on film all the time. Oh, they, that that was that's a, That's a European way of greeting. So they stopped right. that. They, they they just like they stopped like they didn't want you to wear like a sharkskin suit. No gold Rolex. No big gold chains with diamonds. And of course, the note, the shaving thing was always a thing. No no baseball hat. Yeah. So yeah, that was real.
0: Because I have facial hair.
5: They just don't like it because you go like it's a disguise. Oh.
0: What I always compared it to, and this is when I saw the movie Donnie Brasco. What the point um, is that I was thinking when they kissed the the boss, it was almost like a Judas kiss. You know what I mean?
3: You got Judas on Note. the
0: brain. it was a betrayal, and that's what saw. You know, their their even their you know they proclaimed them um, really you know their first uh, communion was very important in that film as is uh the godfather the the wedding the elaborate uh, the Italian baptism wedding, the baptism yeah. the very big catholic the uh, c- close to god kind of people that they they <laughs> say they're you know they're christians that they proclaim a lot of the mafia <laughs> is so far from the truth you know how can they live yeah. together and the betrayal is sort of like a
3: total lack know, of respect a little up. like the priesthood. <laughs>
0: It's like a slap in the face, oh, you know, yeah. like how Judas kissed uh, Christ when he was going to be going to the Sanhedrin. You know, it's just, well, it was just Easter. So, you know,
1: No, yeah,
5: yeah. <laughs> so, the only time that they did that in the film is when Michael McCullion did that to, uh, to Fredo, but right. it, it, in real life, in real life, it's just a European way it just like all the Italians, a lot, a lot of Europeans
4: did that. So. Well, here's one stereotype and you see it in the, and you see it in the Godfather and since you were into life, you know, it seems like what they always do in the movies that are trying to portray the mobsters in a I wouldn't say necessarily favorable light, but less negative light, the good mobsters as opposed to the bad mobsters like in the Godfather is that it seems like when they're at work, they'll kill people. They'll do this and that. But when they're at home, they love their wives and their kids and they're gentle and this and that. I just, you know, as an observer of human beings, I just don't see that see that in the case. It seems to me that if you're like a violent if you're like a really violent criminal, you, you know, that violence is gonna bleed over at your family in, at home. Do you me, find yeah. that did you find that the case? Because you've been there at birthday parties. Yeah, it's
5: it's just like real life. Good person, even in a bad situation, gonna be good to their family. Bad person. But they're always lying anyway. There's people because the women, the children don't know what they're doing it's all a lie it's all based on a lie how can you have anything the whole the world the whole world is a lie they unlike the sopranos they don't tell them anything they're not involved they don't they're not allowed to come they're not brought around nothing to do with it so it's just like it's just real real life almost all the people have bad kids drugs it's it, if you take the time to raise your kids you get the kids and that's the same yeah. as that
3: Basically, uh, one last thing about Donnie Brasco. Again, Donnie Brasco mm-hmm. was a good reflection of good kids, bad kids, and all that because Lefty had his son who was a heroin addict, and it you know right. affected what he had to do. The thing where they were giving money back and forth at Christmas, yeah, like they'd each come with a, a you know just a, a card that had a bunch of cash in it, and yeah. Lefty Lefty would ultimately always take Johnny Depp's cash off him. Yeah, I <laughs> go I'll get this later because he's gambling or whatever is that. How, how like true to life is that kind of just that kind of handy cash back and forth?
5: We always give um, oops, out for everyone. We, 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 um, you know, in my case, the, the captain would take it and we, and we take a big donation and we kick it up and buy someone a car or something, you know, something big. Jeez. And it and see, like, you want to give it because you want to be known, like, how much you gave. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to score points. Well, unless you <laughs> did
3: the big L- Lustanza heist, and you don't want to go buy a car for your mother, especially a pink. That's man. right. That's right. <laughs> Not good.
0: Well, it's That's funny a- because yeah. uh, talking about the race thing, the Italians that we know that are from Italy, that are no- in Northern Italy, they hate the idea of the mafia. They well, hate their they're they're northern. In-
4: My relatives are northern. Look, you know, look. Those it.
0: people are very, you know, devout fathers, and you know they they go to church and. They, they don't believe in any of that mafia stuff.
3: You guys know who John Walsh is, right? America's Most yeah, Wanted? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anytime someone bumps into someone that's Italian, John and I go through this all the time. He says, I, I, was, I was doing a show working in his office. We were renting from America's Most Wanted. John Walsh comes in one day. He's like five foot four, a little guy. And he looks at me, he goes, hey, how you, what's your name? I go, Ralph Quattrucci. He goes, Quattrucci, hey, uh, you know anybody? Uh, in?" The... I'm like, come on, come on, stop that. <laughs> And that's a great running theme in the Sopranos, right? They do this whole thing where it's always, they're always protesting against anti Italian discrimination. You know, meanwhile, these guys are killing people and, you know, stealing all their money and insurance scams, all this stuff going on. And they're like worried about how they're looking in the, you know, anyway. So (laughs) I think, I think that probably goes in every, every, uh, every nationality has people that they kind of, you know,
4: well, when I went to Italy, I will say that I, I talked to somebody and I said, because I would be meeting the patriarchs of my family, and I asked them, should I call them Don, like a Don, Pe- you know, Don Pedro, Don Bruno? They're like, no. <laughs> 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 uh,
3: anything else before we let Kenji go? It's been a while. This is a long one. So, was it was good. We, that was really good. Right. Very interesting, awesome. Kenji. Well, thanks you.
1: for joining us. Thank
0: yeah. you
3: very much.
1: Yeah. Nice. And
3: I guess if we rate Donnie Brasco, it's all yippee-ki-yay. Forget
1: about it. That's it. Yep. <laughs> so. Absolutely.
3: All right. Good one.
1: Now that I know right. it's real realistic, I like it even better. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kenji. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, good I luck are with me. more writing. Are you, are you writing more books? Are you trying to?
5: Yes. Yes, I am. Right. Sean, Sean's
3: already read the, the one
4: I, I, I read did. Oh, okay. nice. I gave him notes. Of course yeah, you I, did. I, I mean, I incorporated. It, that's what. But that's why I had him read it. So very <laughs> well, nice. Well, good luck better. with anything you do, Kenji. Then I got a bulletproof vest with a fish in it.
1: <laughs> 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 now we got to so, pixelate his face on the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. oh <my> <laughs> All, right. All right, Kenji. Thank you very thank much. I appreciate it. Take care. Yeah. Thank right. you. Bye.
0: Bye.